I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Support for the We Are West Ham podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. And to add to that, we've got our hands on the quality Weed Whacker nose and ear trimmer, so we're well on our way towards looking as well-groomed as West Ham do under David Moyes. Clean tidy and looking absolutely fantastic on weekends jonesy we got our hands on the performance package from manscaped which has got loads of absolutely quality bits of kit in it uh, and i think you've got yours there yeah so i've got the performance package here they even throw in a free toiletry bag as well which uh, Happy days. can't go wrong with that so first up we've got the lawnmower 4.0 a lovely bit of kit where's the camera there it is turn it on you've got a little light for your dark spots just in case uh you can't see certain bits uh very Not very helpful easy, is it? exactly exactly so uh that's got um that's waterproof it's uh it you know it's it's very very nice on your skin so well worth a go on that one for that personally as well jonesy that's very good bit of kit for the job me too weed whacker when you're getting old a little bit like me um, you get hairs popping up in places you don't really want them, and they're they're very persistent. They keep coming back, so this does the job for that. I actually found one out my ear the other day, Jonesy, and I'm yeah. not thirty-one yet. It's not ideal. I'm I'm thirty-four and a half, and it's it's a struggle, mate. It's a struggle. <laughs> so uh, this is this stays close to me um, in the mornings. Times. <laughs> yeah, particularly in the mornings when in the bathroom, just in case I find anything. But the the, the good stuff in here actually is pretty good. We've got we've got crop reviver. Uh, okay. That is refreshing ball toner. Just keeps things nice and soft after you've uh, you, you've done all your grooming, uh, and then you've got your ball deodorant. Keeps things smelling lovely, just in case you need it to smell lovely. So yeah, really, really good. Which always here. helps, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, you don't don't you want it to smell nice, don't you? So exactly um, that. All really, really good. Pocket inside the the bag as well. You even get some mats to to keep things clean and tidy. When you're when you're doing your grooming, so all in all in all, the performance package gets a massive thumbs up. It's a super bit of kit and well, well worth it. Happy days. Well, we've all been there, Jonesy, haven't we? We're six weeks out from Christmas at the moment, 
and we've all spent time wondering what to get for our dads, uncles, brothers, granddads, cousins, uh, when you just have not got a clue what to buy the blokes in your life. So we would definitely recommend, lads, joining the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, who we've teamed up with to bring you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code MASSIVE at manscaped.com. That's massive as in West Ham are massive at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. You wouldn't stick a goalkeeper up front if you were a manager. So why choose anything other than the right tools for the job when it comes to your grooming regime? Trust us, you won't regret it. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. West Ham have played two games since we last spoke and there's been only two goals in both of those fixtures. A 1-0 win over Silkeborg at London Stadium last Thursday in the Europa Conference League to secure West Ham's progress through to the last 16, which means we skip the last 32 in the Conference League, into the knockout stages as group winners. Happy days indeed. And then we went up to Old Trafford on Sunday and delivered a performance that James Jones will no doubt tell me in the coming minutes was stunning and superb and worthy of our praise, despite the fact that once again, West Ham was sloppy in front of goal and have come away with zero points, having lost 1-0 to Manchester United. Thanks to Marcus Rashford's header. James Jones, nice to see you again, mate. A good win in Europe. Mm, disappointing and frustrating, well, from my perspective anyway, in the Premier League. Um, just brief thoughts uh, before we go into it in more detail later on, uh, on your football feelings for the week. Well, I'd like to avoid, um, not so much avoid, but uh, yeah, actually, I'd like to avoid a repeat of last week's show where everything I said, you just went at me. You went absolutely yeah. not, completely disagreeing. No, everything I said, everything you're I said, you avoid that. Um, and, I, and I mean, already by the, the WhatsApp um, exchanges <laughs> we've had over the last, what, 24, 48 hours. Still um, angry. Yeah, you're, I mean, some of the, some of the names you called me and that. And that <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Well, come to literally, I mean, obviously I can't read it out, but. Oh my word! I didn't know you read it, didn't you? It was like eleven o'clock Saturday night. You just you'd had a couple of beers, and I thought to myself, "Yeah, I remember my first drink, mate." And he's I've woken up and I've I've been called every name under the sun. Um, a screenshot of Leeds's two-one win at Anfield, and all sorts of expletives and and all the rest of it. But and then obviously yesterday after Man United game, you went at me again. Mm. Um, I came back straight straight at you and just went absolutely not. Um, so and then look what happened. And then yeah, and then look what happened. So here we are, um, trying to. I'm, I'm gonna. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I am genuinely frustrated that we didn't score a goal at, at Old Trafford. Um, but I thought it was a good performance, just like at Anfield, particularly in the second half. I thought it was a good performance. Um, so yeah, that, 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 those are my feelings. Oh, and I'm obviously delighted that we've we've won our group in Europe and we're in the, into the last sixteen. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I mean, I know I don't know if you saying you want to avoid a repeat of last week was said 
it with any sort of hope that I might hear that and go, all right, okay, well, I'll park everything I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, because unfortunately it hasn't worked. Um, I must admit, though, I thoroughly enjoyed last week's show and I've listened back to it twice, in fact. Um, so, so uh, what's it called? Such was my my level of, of enjoyment. I thought it was uh, if it was pretty good content. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll do all that in a minute because uh, we didn't even we didn't play that well. We were OK. I, I, I think what it is, I think you've got a, your mentality is still that of a fan of West Ham under Sam Allardyce, West Ham under Avram Grant, what? West West Ham, West Ham under Alan Kirbishley, um, which is a shame, really. I just think it's a real shame because we've proved um, that, you know, the club's been taken to the next level. We play in front of 60,000 fans every week. We've got a, uh, an, an absolutely outstanding um, certainly European class manager who's managed uh, at Manchester United, uh, Everton, had great success with with a historic old club like Everton. He's come, he's doing the same for West Ham at the moment. And therefore, you know, the fans' expectations, most fans, and their expectations has risen with that and they're enjoying supporting a big club, a big successful club with aspirations uh, of getting to the top and achieving big things. And unfortunately, there are... Um, a reasonable amount of, of fans, supporters, uh, who are just still quite content to come 13th every year and are just happy. If you string a few passes together at Old Trafford and Anfield, that's good, isn't it? Because we're not getting thrashed like the old days. You know, those of us um, whose expectations have moved on a bit and want bigger or better things for our club, we're not, we're not happy with that sort of thing, that small club, small-time mentality. But, you know, if you are then that's totally fine. So we'll uh, we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into that um, in a little bit more detail in the coming sections. I think, uh, Josie, you still you, I say you still. It's Halloween today, so happy Halloween! Um, a Halloween horror show for West Ham at Old Trafford. You've got some decorations behind you. I appreciate you've got children and I haven't, or a child and I haven't. Um, I was just saying though how I always actually get quite jealous. I saw a stunning. A photo on Sergio Ramos's Instagram this morning. Him and his wife out partying somewhere in in Paris over the weekend, all dressed up to the nines, face paint galore, looked absolutely brilliant. Uh, and I was getting a little bit jealous because, and that friends of mine aren't really sort of Halloween party sort of people. Um, so I don't tend to, you know, no one like has a Halloween party or tends to go out and dress up, which I would love. Um, but I understand that it's not your vibe at all. And if anything, it makes you grumpier than at other times of the year. Mm, yeah, I I have a sheer hatred for, for Halloween, <laughs> um, which isn't ideal when you've got a, a two, soon to be three-year-old son yeah. who literally this morning when he asked me, is it Halloween? And I sort of grumpily said, yes, mate. He danced around the living room and was like, yes, Halloween, 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 Halloween. And I'm just like, oh, my God, get this day over with as soon as possible. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I dislike it for so many different reasons. Um, and as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that mm. you can only just see a little bit over my shoulder. But we have Halloween bunting mm. all over the flat. We've got um, banners all over the doors that say caution, enter if you dare. 
there's even one on the front there's even one on the front door so if anyone walks past that front door which really isn't many because we live in a block of flats um yeah our neighbors neighbors are seeing that going oh god better not going there not they ever do anyway Um, no so it's yeah i've got we've got a tree with fake cobwebs and cardboard a halloween tree as yeah, in like a tree. Christmas tree or well, I, 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 no, it's like a it's like a tree with no leaves. Now this tree um oh, that's is... extra spooky, just like bare wood. But this tree is also done up for Christmas. We actually used it on our wedding day so people could hang little messages on. Right. Um it we can bend it in different things. Um it gets used for Christmas. Lucy does an Easter tree every year, so we've got like uh, Easter bunny um fairy lights that go around it so this tree kind of is like the centerpiece of our living room and then right. whenever there's a, a holiday it's done up in whatever holiday it is um although we do have a, an actual christmas tree for christmas that's you know, um, i was gonna but, say yeah. i've been around your flat but for those listening who think this bloke's got a whole tree as the centerpiece of his living room how big is his living room it's um, not it's not can you sort of give us an idea of scale well i'll say it's not so much it's not sitting in the middle of the room but it's like we've got like a we've got, we've got it's like, like a take a root, forty-five year old oak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we've got like a we've got like a uh, a cabinet up against the wall. I'm looking at it literally right ahead of me, and it's kind of in the middle of that. It's quite big, um, and it kind of just sits there on top of the cabinet, and mm. kind of you can't miss it. Let's put it that way. You can't miss right. it. Right. Okay. Fair enough, mate. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether I'm surprised. But, I mean, you're one of those blokes. Right? I, I don't think you liberally use the word hate. Uh, I think you're sort of the sort of bloke where if I use it, you'll co- say, "Come on, mate. Hate's a strong word," and I'll just go, oh, "Shut up, Jonesy. Yeah, <laughs> just, just let me wallow, <laughs> um, or let me over exaggerate." But you've 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 banged out the H word there, um, hatred, not Halloween, uh, and yeah, you know, it certainly as a, as a dad, it's something you're going to have to commit to. Are you going out trick or treating tonight? Yes, yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. Where um, are you? I, I will not be dressing up. Put it put that way. Um, but you I will be. You got to dress I will, up. I mean, if if I have absolutely have to, yeah. I might wear a witch's hat or something weird like that. Um, but <laughs> a grumpily though. But yeah, I mean, I won't. I, I'll, I'll put on a. I'll put on an excited parent face for for Harrison. I don't um, think you've got it in you, uh, frankly, mate. I mean, I'll be like, oh, that's really exciting, mate. More sweets. Great. We better take you to the dentist tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just... like, I, I just don't like it. There's there's a number of reasons why. Um, first of all, yep. first of all, I have arachnophobia. So the fact that I've got... Um, Fear of spiders for anyone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the, the, the fact that I've got um, fake spiders hanging up around my living room. Hmm. Even if they are just cardboard cutouts, is not ideal, right? Because um, they're hanging off a little piece of string, so and then I go, oh, oh my god! And it's, oh no, it's, oh no, it's just that cardboard cutout that's been hanging right. off for the last three weeks. Um, okay. So that's number one. Number two, three was, weeks of Halloween decorations. Oh, mate, he was so mate. excited. Um, number two, uh, but yeah. So I hate, I hate dressing up. Any any fancy dress doesn't matter what time of year it is. I hate dressing up. Just want to be myself. Which don't is want to be forced to dress up. Given some right. of the clubber I've seen you wear, I oh, know normal days I, of the year. Yeah, you could talk as well, mate. To be fair, <laughs> um, what else is there? I mean, when I was about thirteen or fourteen, I got beaten up by about eight blokes for my eggs on Halloween when I went out egging on uh, on Halloween. Oh, okay. um, I mean, that does sound genuinely traumatic. Yeah, they, they wanted they wanted me eggs. I, damn right, 
refused. I was like, absolutely not. They're my eggs. Go and buy your own eggs, cheapskates. Right. Yeah. Um, and as everyone result, knows you can't buy them on actual Halloween, by the way. Well, back then you could. Like under 18. Oh, right, yeah. fine. Um, which shows my age, actually, to be fair. Mm. Um, and yeah, and so instead of just going, oh, fair enough, mate, we'll go and buy our own, they just decided to beat, literally beat me up quite badly. Right. Um, sounds quite and, harrowing. And then instead of taking my eggs, they just smashed them all over my head, which I thought was just... <laughs> Which I just thought was incredibly rude. I was like, well, that just didn't need to happen then, did it? Like, you didn't just, well, at least nick them. If you're going to pick me up, nick them. Don't just use them on me then. Um, so, yeah, there's that. There's, there's that. there's the whole fact that it's incredibly, it's literally incredibly commercialized. Mm. You ask anyone what the meaning of Halloween is, and they just go, trick or treat. Hallow's uh, Eve? You're joking, aren't you? Well, yeah, I mean, but most people haven't got a clue what Hallow's Eve is or anything like that. Um, so much so that even I had to refresh my memory the other day by Googling it and reading up on it. So What is it? Go on then. I'm not talking us. about it. I'm not talking about it because it would just anger me even further. So there we go. It's it's very commercialised. Um, kids, oh, I'd be very surprised if kids are actually taught the meaning of Halloween. Um, mm. uh, whereas they are taught the meaning of Easter and Christmas and all of that. They Both of which are also very commercialised these days. Um, yeah. But Halloween just seems like a really pointless and meaningless excuse to go and get given sweets from complete strangers which seems a little bit strange in this day and age but <laughs> yeah. it is what it is it is what it is i understand it's oh. exciting for the kids uh, oh and lastly uh you will not find me watching a horror movie ever i cannot no i'm up. with you I'm, on that mate all right no, look, literally, lucy absolutely loves it she loves what's the point and, she'll sit there and the watch point? a scary movie like ones that are like really scary so yeah. do you want to watch this with me? And I'm like, no, no, you're right. I'm going to go in the other room. No. Like, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd rather put a comedy on or something, you know? That well, I'd rather sit there in the, and just stare at the ceiling than watch like, a comedy. Yeah. Why would you And then you just jump in and then you go to bed yeah. and you're lying in bed and you're like, you're in the dark and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? Nightmares. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then obviously, because it's this time of year, she's watching horror movies. She's got him mm. into horror movies. He's sitting there watching, I mean, horror movies for kids, which I mean, he was, was going to say, yeah. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas the other day, um, or whatever it was, and he's absolutely loving it. And I'm like, this is terrifying for, ch- Entry for kids. Entry level horror, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and he's like loving it. He's getting really excited. He's dancing along, singing onto the songs. And I'm like, mate, you're a lunatic. Like, <laughs> What's the matter with you two? Yeah. So basically, well, Halloween can get in the bin, and mm. I'm buzzing for tomorrow because it means it's over. I can start looking forward to the first of December because I absolutely adore Christmas. I love it. Best time right. of year. So, 1st of December, give, give me a month, and I'll be happy again. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, mate, that may well be the most passionate monologue you've ever delivered on this podcast. <laughs> more, passionate, to... more passionate <laughs> than playing well, but losing at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, than anything we've ever spoken about, about football. Um, so, yeah, fair enough. I didn't know you felt quite so strongly. I do think that, um, you know, any therapist worth their salt would nail straight down on the getting your head kicked in uh, yeah. and loads of eggs smashed over them as perhaps the root of the trauma and some yeah. of the other stuff perhaps came afterwards. Probably, but, yeah. um, there we go. Uh, don't forget as well, mate, a bonfire night and my birthday between now and Christmas, both huge occasions worth celebrating. Um, yeah, very true. And arguably, arguably, uh, the bonfire night particularly, one of the least commercialised ones. What, did you pay a fiver to get in your local display? Another fiver on a burger from the van? few sparklers happy days yeah but then the price of fireworks isn't cheap is it and um, yeah, you don't have to buy them do you? no true true <laughs> um 
yeah, no, I, I don't mind Bonfire Night and, and all of that, but um, at least you kind of, you, everyone understands the story behind that. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, everyone, everyone understands why we're setting off fireworks and put, you know, doing bonfires and all the rest of it. Whereas, I'm also not sure, though, mate, that it's like a really okay thing in 2022 to be setting fire to a effigy of a bloke who tried to blow up the House of Parliament about I mean, 500 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's odd the fact that we celebrate it, given the story behind it, but... Mm. I mean, it is what it is. Um, like fireworks are nice; they're nice to look at, aren't they? And and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I fireworks are nice to look at. Fake spiders and and scary masks aren't nice to look at. <laughs> see, what, see what I'm getting at? See what I'm, I'm getting with at? You. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Jonesy, I, I think you and Lucy are coming along. Uh, after I put you on the spot, actually, uh, on this podcast about coming to my birthday or not, put you right under pressure, which was good. Um, you're coming along in a couple of weeks. I would just like to note that that is a very, very commercialised festival, my birthday, uh, and a, a large amounts of money it's recommended to spend on gifts. Just so we're clear. <laughs> just so we're clear on. Uh, just so we're clear on where we sit with that. Um, right, James, let's talk about football, shall we? Um, we uh, no, we'll do some Halloween housekeeping first, uh, which will be no different to normal housekeeping, but the alliteration worked and it's the 31st of October. Uh, follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. Uh, I'm at William Pugh underscore. James is at by James Jones. You can get us on Instagram, we are West Ham Pod. Search the We Are West Ham podcast on Facebook and YouTube and you'll find us over there. James is doing a sterling job on YouTube this year. Subscriber numbers are growing uh, so you can watch all of the stuff we do on the podcast as well as listen if you so wish. Um, what else can you do, James? Email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com and you can buy us a beer if you like and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham. You go over there um, and it's effectively just sending us um, a fiver. Each each beer is or each beer is a fiver. You can buy as few or as many as you like. Money comes directly to me and James and it only goes on guest fees and things that make the podcast better, be that equipment or whatever, or over the bar, of course, when me and Jonesy are together. Uh, that's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam if you fancy doing that. Um, two games to look back on. We'll start with the most recent one, as we always do. Manchester United won West Ham nil at Old Trafford on Sunday. And I'll be honest, if you listen to last week's one, you, you could easily turn off now if you want, because it's going to be the same again. James is going to try and convince me that we played well. I'm going to say, no, we were rubbish. We lost the game. We didn't score. And Ben Rama is the most frustrating football player the world has ever seen. Uh, we'll agree to disagree. And that'll be in around 15 minutes time. So if you're uh, on a bit of a tight schedule today, feel free to skip all of that next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not um, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Right, Jonesy, I've let you go with the old, um, your rant about Halloween. Uh, I don't really think I've got it in me to do another rant. I literally feel the exact same as I did after the Liverpool game. So I haven't got anything new to add. I haven't thought up a different way to say it, because which perhaps, you know, um, a more professional, committed podcaster might. But I also don't like ripping our listeners off either or conning them into thinking, you know, I like to be straight down the line with them. Um, they always get that from us, I think. Um, so, yeah, the same feelings. Uh, I, we went to Old Trafford. I thought we were sloppy in the final third. We didn't win a single header in their box the entire game. We got into really good positions. We did a lot of wheeling the wheelie bin up to the back of the lorry, which, by the way, listening back to that, in my humble opinion, was some of my finest analogy work. <laughs> really, really enjoyed listening back to that. Um, yeah, we did a lot of that. Swinging balls into the box. We didn't get near a single header from any corners or crosses, free kicks, whatever. Uh, side Ben Rama did as usual. I think it's his low centre of gravity as well is another thing to add to the list of why people think he's good when he's not. Because um, he's got that sort of Lionel Messi-esque, like carries his weight low, tight turns, that sort of thing. Yeah, just another like load of wasteful, poor decision-making. Um, we'll, we'll get on to the text exchange we had during the Silk Ball game in the next section. Yeah, and I just I just thought it was frustrating. Manchester United Manchester United's goal. They weren't that good as well, just the same as I felt after the Liverpool game. Um yeah, I, I just thought it was irritating. Their goal wasn't particularly impressive either. Thilo Kera, I don't know what you're doing. Jump for that header. He just stood there. Marcus Rashford comes in. It was a it was a good header, to be fair. Leapt like a salmon, powered it into the back of the net. But Zero challenge from the defender. I think you text me, we were texting during the game, and you you said, at least if nothing else, if he jumps, it puts him off. I agree. That may be our only point of agreement in our Man United so reaction. <laughs> um, just, just, frustra- just another one of them, frustrating, really. And a few people making the point afterwards about David Moyes' record at, at away sides. Do you think... And it crossed my mind during the game and perhaps having two away games at big clubs in such close succession made me think it more. Do you genuinely think that that Moisey perhaps, when he plans his season out, understandably, you look at what games you expect to take points from and what ones you don't. It almost feels like, especially the last two games, where he's treated them as a, a goal difference preserver's rather than genuine opportunities to get points. Because both of those teams were there for the taking, not just before, but during the games. Both of those teams, Liverpool and Man United, were not playing well. And I don't know, there's just it's just frustrating. It's just a bit sloppy. The finishing, oh, I don't know. It's just, I, I honestly just thought, well, what was the point of watching that? What was the point? 
and I don't know. You know, I I, saw, I do understand. I know we're joking about what you say about the performances, because, <clears throat> and while I was joking about earlier about the change in mentality, that because we've had so many years of going to these places and being whacked off the park within half an hour, to see us still in the game and it not be a complete whitewash, I understand that. It's genuinely like for West Ham fans, long-termers like us, there is that sense of, oh, there's some improvement. But the, the Man United and Liverpool have got worse, so certainly this season. Manchester United particularly than the Man United of old. So I think the gulf, certainly going into those both those games, the gulf between the two sides was smaller than it's ever been as well. Therefore, you'd expect it to be a bit closer. And so I, I sort of understand why you, you think, oh, yeah, that, was it was a good performance? I I wouldn't go as far enough to say it was a good performance. I just can just about say it wasn't bad, but I don't think that's overly reason to be positive because we've had a couple of dodgy results already this season. We need to make some points back up if we want to be in those European places again at the end of the year. And it it's almost like Moyes just I don't know if it's an inferiority complex or the way he approaches them is just like you know what at the end of the season if we've only come away from Anfield. Uh, Old Trafford, Stamford Bridge um, and the Etihad and the Emirates say with a minus six goal difference, no points, but a minus six goal difference. I'm okay with that because it was just like, what's the point? What What's the point? I, I know where you come from and I, I think it is an issue that he's got to address in that, you know, he goes to any of these, you know, big, I, I love it how that, that, they say it's the top six record. His top six record was actually top five. You know, he, he gets results at Spurs, or he has done. Um, so it's top five. Um, and yeah, it's what, 60 games now. And yeah, I think it, I think there's an issue there. He's got he's got to address that. Um, but it doesn't help. And it was the same at Anfield. And I, mate, I'm with you in terms of feeling frustrated after both of those games. I said it last week as well, after Liverpool game, I was frustrated. Um, but I still think that the performance wasn't bad. Um, the issue we've got is that we're in these games, we're setting up to defend from the beginning. And then it seems like the game plan is within, if we're still in the game with 20 minutes, then go for it with two minutes to go, then go for it. Now it was all over Twitter last night. Every fan was in agreement in that. Do it the other way around. Don't go gung ho from the first minute. Cause that's, you know, you're asking for trouble. But at least be on the front foot, you know. At least you know you can get the balance just right, and we've proved we can get the balance just right um, in previous games. You know, maybe gauge the first ten minutes. The first ten minutes, United were awful, misplaced passes. You know, you know they were they were really struggling to keep possession, really struggling to put us under pressure. That should have been right to the players. The instruction should have been right. Well, gauge the first ten minutes. If you spot, you can you can hurt them. Do it. It didn't feel like that we were doing that. We had one or two little counter-attacks, but um, they didn't really come to anything. And that has been the main problem, is that we're getting in the right positions. Now, we're playing well to get into the right positions. I, don't, I think a lot of a lot of the that kind of side to our game um, has been pretty good, particularly over the last two away games at Anfield and Old Trafford. Um, but it's the finishing that's been the, the big problem. And I think our XG is 18. We're like behind on our XG by six goals. It just shows that our, our finishing has been so poor this season. There's also a sign that, and I do genuinely believe this, I think eventually those chances will start being converted. But at the moment, for, for some reason, 
it's either we're not getting rubber green, rubber to green. Um, it's not going away, or you know, or they just need to put more work in on the training pitch, or it's a confidence issue in front of goal. Um, it, in terms of the you know the build up, like Bowen had a good chance towards the end. The higher pulls off two worldies. Oh, they're, no, 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 no. Sorry, they're not worldies, mate. They're not mate. worldies. Neither of them were worldies. They were perfect height for him. They, they weren't worldies. Still, they were he's classics. Still get there. Uh, he's still got to get ca- there. He's, he's, the, get he's there. the best paid goalkeeper in the world. He's, he's the best paid goalkeeper. No, nah, no, I'm not having it. I'm not, they weren't that, that good saves. Everyone wants to think they were good saves to make Re- West Ham sound better. They were average. Regardless of all that, we've had enough chances, again, to get something out of that game. And in order to get those chances, you have to play well at those grounds. Yeah, okay, Man United weren't weren't good. Well, that's, weren't good but on that, that is part of it, mate. Right? That, that's part okay, of it. Liverpool weren't good when we played them a couple of weeks ago. So it's but, not just West Ham playing well, is it? That's what I'm saying. But we, you've still got to play well because when teams like that are still off off are off the pace, they're still good sides. They'll still batter most teams, right? But they have, but they still no, batter no. most teams. Liverpool, will, you know, obviously <clears> Liverpool <throat> look different because they're going through a really bad that time. But Man United were were in good form going up to coming into this game. They're in good form. They're on the up, um, and. Straight away, it was like, oh, you know, they're having a bad day here. Right, let's capitalise. We decided that we were going to wait until the last 25 minutes to really have a go at them. By then, we were already 1-0 down. Um, but yeah. we were still getting in into the positions and creating the, creating the chances to be able to get something out of the game. Now, I think, and from what I saw during the game, was that it wasn't so much a bad performance. It was the wrong game plan to go with. I think maybe if you, if you choose to go with the right game plan from the beginning or a different game plan from the beginning, mm. we might we might nick a goal and you know uh, Rashford doesn't score that header. Um, so I, I, to to put it down to it, just because we lost, it was a bad performance. Um, no, so no, no, no. Because like that's like saying, well, well you must have been. Um, you must but have finishing been is part of it, mate. Finishing is part of it, yeah. But, but it is you know, part of what makes up a good performance. Of course it like is, yeah. But, but like I've said the last two weeks, you know, the fact, if we weren't creating the chances, if we weren't getting in, that, in those positions to have an opportunity to finish, I'd be like, this is a disaster. We're in serious trouble here. But the fact is, we are getting in those positions. And we are giving ourselves a chance of getting a result. Now, yeah, we um, are getting in the positions, mate. And then it's flipping side Benrahma on the ball when we're in the yeah, positions, I mean, which is after flipping. Problem. I mean, that happened a couple of couple of times where he made the wrong decision. Um, but and I agree with you that he's very frustrated. Um, but you know, it, as soon as that changes, as soon as we start putting the ball in the back of it a little bit more, I don't think the performances are going to change. It's just that one part of the, the good performances that are letting us down at the moment. And I think a lot of that is down to the way that he's approaching these games as well. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you He's giving us too much to do. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. At the end of games, when we're chasing a, a point or you know trying to chase a winner, um, especially... Actually, we're better than that. 
you'll be all better than that. And especially at grounds like Anfield at Old Trafford, um, where, you know, I think, you know, you, you go one nil down at those grounds, regardless of the form of the home team. And it's very, very difficult to then get something out of those games. Hmm. I know, I know um, Leeds did it the other night. Um, but it's still very difficult. I think that was like Liverpool's first home defeat in like two years or something crazy like that. In the league, isn't it? Yeah. In so, the league, I think. Um, it's doable. And we've showed that, I mean, if we'd have scored that penalty at Anfield, we would have done it. But we mm. didn't. But the fact is, we're getting in those positions. And if we weren't getting those positions, I think it'd be a completely different story. It'd be like, this is terrible. We're like, we need to sort it out. The fact we're getting in those positions and we're creating those chances suggests that. Um, eventually, it, it's going to happen. We'd like to think it's going to happen. The law of averages suggests that it will happen. Um, but, you know... They're not, that, they're that's not what... proper clear-cut, though, are they, do you think? Uh, Jonesy, I know this may be somewhat uh, unprofessional podcasting. Um, the, the plumber arrived, just to let people in behind the curtain. Uh, the plumber arrived... Um, to kick off uh, the bathroom refurb to end all bathroom refurbs. Uh, I've had to run through it with him. I've left you sitting there waiting for a while. We've both forgotten what I was talking about, but I think the long and short of it, um, from my point of view, is just that I I think we are West Ham are better than going to these big clubs, just trying to hang on into it until there's 10 minutes left and then going for it. I think we're better than that. I think we can take the games to these teams. I understand starting off like that right at the beginning. Exactly what you said there. Man United and Liverpool were both playing poorly. So I think you can step up and take it to them. And I think we're better than that now. Um, and it's time that we started playing accordingly. I, I agree. And I, I, think, I think there has to be a mindset change within the team. And that. some of the fans, James Jones, and some of the—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm not happy that we've lost those two games. Um, I'm not happy that we failed to score in both games because I think we were good enough to at least get one in both. Um, but I think there are elements of the performance there which I think we can be positive about. Like I've just said, the fact we're getting in those positions suggests that you know it's not a fact that we're just playing so terribly and not creating chances. I think we are—we are playing well enough to create those chances. It's just a case of putting the ball in the back of the net. And I'll take your point that scoring scoring goals is the whole point of playing football. Mm. Um, but, you know, you can play well and still not score. Um, you know, the flip side is, remember when we beat Hull at home and it was one of the worst performances we've ever seen, them on booed Allardyce at the end. Yeah. Uh, the flip side's that, is that you can play badly and win. Um, and that doesn't mean to say but you, I would have, like you have to, to be absolutely a... delighted about winning when playing badly. As as the fans showed that night at Upton Park when everyone booed, booed the performance, even though we'd won two one, hmm. so um, I think you can you can see you can find positives in defeat, particularly those two defeats. Um, even though you know we probably we we like we we approached them, I think completely wrong given the circumstances, given how good we are. You know, you're right, we are better than that, and that's what I mean by by a change of mindset. These players know how good they are. They wouldn't have achieved what they've achieved over the last two years if they weren't good enough to take it to these teams um, and put these teams under pressure when they're playing badly. Now, to compete against these teams when they're at the top of their game, I don't think we're quite there yet. But we need to be aware that we are good enough to punish these teams when they're not at the top of their game and they're not playing well on the day. And I think both of those these instances, we haven't 
recognise that soon enough in, in, in the game um, to be able to get something out of those games. And I think both games we've left it too late. You know, yeah, okay, we did get a penalty and we missed it at Anfield. That was our mm. probably our best chance. Um, we could have taken something from there. But against Old Trafford, you, you know, uh, 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 Old Trafford against United, you know, you're leaving it for the last 20 minutes. Um, and essentially, you know, going for long-range shots or trying to walk the ball into the goal. And it's all a little bit like you kind of, you, there's almost no method to your attack by that point because you're just so desperate to get shot on goal. Yeah. Um, Dawson's effort on goal was was literally the best like, evidence of that, wasn't it? Like, he, like, come on, mate. Like, you're not going to curl it in the top corner from there. Like, you're a centre-back. Um, <laughs> and obviously, he goes rose-ed. And it's like, you know, if the reason why he's there is because we're just so desperate to, to, to score. And he's probably, any other situation, he's running straight back. And he's letting someone else deal with that. Mm. But he's hung about thinking the ball comes back to him might have an opportunity. So, just yeah. as dangerous as Ben Rama. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but then as you as you text me and went, um, he's just as dangerous as Ben Rama. I looked up and Ben Rama literally just had a shot on target. So at least, yeah, but mate, that, I mean, honestly, there were was was so target. so many of those again. Yeah, it's just oh, yeah. honestly, but, I just, but yeah, like yeah, fair enough. To, to um, finish off, like, it, it, we can be we can be pleased about certain aspects of the performance, um, and that's I, my yeah. at the moment. That's why I'm thinking is that okay, we're better than. We're better than sort of being too cautious in these games um, for 70 minutes. We're better than that. We need to start recognising when when teams are there for the taking, which we're not we're not doing um, until very late. Um, and we need to improve finishing. You know, sort those three it's, things out and we're, we're, we're on our way. It's all just so passive, though. Like It's all just like, oh, you know, even that, oh, see if they're on their day or not. So we're so much better than we were. We've got... Tens of million pounds worth of worth of talent. United have been on reasonable form, but that's still a precarious situation. They're one defeat away from it being, ah, oh, you know, he's Ten Hag, all he's cracked up to be, blah blah blah. I just think, you know, going that that in itself can can dictate if you go and come blasting out the blocks at a place like that, and um, when they're already feeling a bit iffy anyway, the pressure's on and the crowd are on it. But if you get a goal in the first ten minutes, mate. Honestly, the 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 even the mere idea of West Ham scoring first at Old Trafford or Anfield is laughable, and it just shouldn't be like that. It should not be like that. Um, individual performances and Jonesy, um, I was really annoyed with Thilo Kera for not even jumping for that goal. I just saw ridiculous. Um, Fabianski went off that header. I guess it was a concussion protocol. Um, he headed the ball away, didn't he? And then sort of See, like staggered a little bit afterwards. It's, it, I don't know whether it was it was concussion or whether he, he landed awkwardly because he kind of he, it, it did seem like his knee buckled a little bit when he landed. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, a bit odd. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too serious. Hmm. Um, other than that, I thought Flynn Downs was pretty good again. Uh, yeah. I think he looks fairly comfortable. Uh, Thomas Suchek again is just. It's bored. I, I've gone from feeling sorry for him now. Uh, he doesn't seem to win any headers. And he like, when's the last time he got a sniff in the box? Um, just a shadow of his former self. Uh, and that four-three-three formation, it seems to be working all right. But then I think if you had someone better than more effective than Suchek playing in his position, and someone more effective or just effective. Uh, than Ben Rama playing in that position. Um, I'd I'd have four nails back in, honestly. Uh, I really, really would. But um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. The Suchek thing's a strange one. What do you do? Like, what do you do well, instead? Go back to four, two, three, one, and then have I, uh, Rice and Downs at the base. I don't, I don't see why Downs can't do that job, that Suchek's job, in the same formation of four, three, three. That what? Mm. And it just swap swap Suchek for four nows. Oh, and play four nows, bit more central midfield. Yeah, yeah. Or play Lanzini, you know. Or, yeah. I know. Obviously, Piquet's being injured is is thrown is thrown a wobbly a little bit. Obviously, Piquet comes in and plays that role probably, and mm. we probably missed him particularly at Old Trafford. I think we, I think we could have really done with him in those latter stages. But you know, in that situation at half time, you know, it's clear that we probably need to you know, be a little bit more on the front foot. Take Suchek off. Put four nows on, play four nows a lot more centrally. Downs is more than good enough to play that role that Suchek's been asked to play at the moment. Um, do, do it like that. Suchek is not in form. He hasn't been for months. And the fact that then he took Downs off and kept Suchek on, it's like, what are you seeing that we're not? I don't understand. And, he you know, gen- he, it must be the aerial threat, mate, mustn't it? It, it must be, but then he's not it's offering be an aerial that. threat. He's not, he, no, there's no agreed. aerial threat at the moment. There's nothing. No, it's not. There's no anything it's not threat. No, it's like this. There's, we're not. It's not. He's not Suchek that we had in that first what season and a half. He's a completely different player at the moment, and I think that's just down to confidence. And the more you play him, the worse his confidence is going to get. You know, he needs time away from the eleven, um, just to kind of have a bit of a break and just to chill out a little bit, and um, he clearly needs a reset. Like mentally, probably, and just like just take him away, take him out the firing line a little bit. Downs can play that role. When Biquetta's back, play him centrally, or in the meantime, play four nows. Four nows is good enough to play centrally, definitely. Um, so I, I, that was what I would have done at half time yesterday, straight away. Um, I don't know whether, I mean, I don't even think he was considering it, but the fact he had to bring Fabianski off probably. Stopped him from making any outfield tweaks potentially because it was another sub. I don't Got know five subs, but yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 like you just said, like I don't really know what else he can do to get drops. Um, and this isn't a dig at Suchek. Like he's been so good, but everyone Not for can ages. See yeah, he, 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 but he hasn't been good for ages, and everyone can see that he's lacking in confidence. Mm. Um, and any manager worth his salt should be able to see that and and, t- and take and take him out of the firing line. Um, because the longer this goes on, the harder it's going to be for us to get anywhere near where we want to be this season mm. when you've only got half a midfield. Declan Rice, once again, world-class. Uh, it was good, yeah. Thought... Um, Might but... be strong in it a bit. No, I thought he was brilliant. Again. He was again. good, he was good, yeah. Um, so, yeah, when you've got half a midfield, like, we're not gonna we're not gonna make any progress, you know. No, um, I totally agree, mate. But yeah, I think you know everyone else, you know, had relatively decent games. I know Ben Rama was frustrating, um, but that's the story of Ben Rama. Yeah, I days. can't be bothered um, to honestly. Yeah. Uh, I thought I, I didn't really understand um using Skamaka in, in that approach because he was isolated for, for, for half the time he was on. Um it, it Skamaka does well at dropping deep and getting the ball. Uh, but I felt like there were times when he was just way too isolated for, for that game. Like, spent all that money on him and then you, you're playing in him in a, a defensive system for 50 minutes. 
Um, like we need someone in that system to be a little bit more mobile, and he's not as mobile as someone like Antonio. Now, I'm, I'm yeah, but he holds the ball up so much. He holds better, the ball mate. up well. He does. He does so much better. He does, and he, he drops deep a lot better as well, and collects the ball. Mm. Um, but there were times when it was just like, look, you've got a player, literally in no man's land. Like we need to play closer to him. And you can't, thing is, though, you can't ask him to play closer to the midfield when we're so mm. deep. Otherwise, you've just got no attacking threat. You might as well ask him to join, join, the, join the midfield. So, yeah, it's just a little bit odd, really. But the rest of them were okay. I thought Dawson I thought game, was what, good. One, Yeah, I was just going to say, mate, one player I think has been brilliant recently and is sort of getting back to those levels is Zuma. I thought last couple of games, I thought he's been absolutely fantastic. Mm. Generally, just like... Sort of going under the radar a bit, but just back to like being equal to everything. There was a few like 50-50s last night where I was like, oh, this is a dodgy position and he's quick and he's strong and he's equal to everything. Um, and yeah, he's, I'm really, really impressed like yeah. that he's sort of back to that level. And he, he looked a class above, didn't he, when he came in? Yeah. Um, and I think he's he's continuing to, to deliver on that and prove that he is, he is next level. But yeah, I thought, Dawson was good. I thought Cresswell had quite a good game actually. Um, he was getting forward a lot, which was which was positive. Some of the quality of his balls was good. Um, just no one, honestly, mate. You watch that second half. We get so many balls in the box, and it's just like not even close. I, I I'll be honest. One thing I will say, I thought Man United defended really well. Like you don't especially always, Dallo, especially Dallo. Yeah, he intercepted so many aerial balls. Very yeah. very good. He was good. So it's one of those, it's easy to just criticise your own team, but I did think Man United were good. But listen, mate, I, I, to be honest, I know you're able to, I just can't find as many positives in it. I think we're we're not of that. We're not, we're a different team now. We're 13th in the league. You know, there's, there's we should have got a point at Chelsea. I'm pretty sure that was a VR robbery. We definitely should have got at least a point at Liverpool. And we definitely should have got a point at Manchester United. We're in this for points as well as performances now. We're a different club to ones who could go and take positives just from staying in a game at, at big teams if if we want to continue to be the, the club we've shown to be the last couple of seasons. You know, two or three points out of those games. Um, we're ninth or tenth in the league still, as it is with 13th. It just looks a little bit... A little bit average, um, but Crystal Palace coming up next in the Premier League um, at home on Sunday after the FCSB away game on Thursday night at London Stadium. Anyway, James, let's have a quick look back at Silkeborg next. Right, James, 1-0 in the Europa Conference League against Silkeborg Thursday night. Manuel Lanzini's penalty after 24 minutes. I'll be honest, it was as much of a pretty much a dead rubber before anyway, wasn't it? Um, not the most exhilarating game of football. West Ham didn't really get out of second gear, I would argue. Um, but doesn't matter. Job done. Fruit of the next round get a buy through the last 32, which is a huge deal. That's two less games we'd have had to play than if we came second. Um, it looks like we're going to go uh, on and win every single game in the group stage, as I predicted right at the beginning. Um, yeah, what else is there to add? Well, it's, it's nice to be the only team in the competition with a, with a, 
maximum points. Yeah, huge. One of only four teams in all, all three European competitions to have a 100% record. Um, so that's good. Uh, I thought against Silkeborg, um, we didn't need to get out of second gear, but the penalty was incredibly fortunate. Um, with the AR, they get ruled out. Um, so, you know, I, I, it was just like, I can understand why Silkeborg might feel a little bit robbed because, wow, wasn't a penalty. Um, well, then, what, 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 talk me through that then. Well, the ball, the ball is out of play when the goalkeeper makes contact with, with Antonio. Right. The ball's out of play yeah. and Antonio's kicked the ball out of play. Mm. Um, and Antonio, thrown himself to the ground and thrown himself to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, like, and the contact is minimal. Yeah, okay, there is a bit of contact, but the ball's out of play when the contact is made. Uh, Antonio makes a meal of it, and um, he's going nowhere. Like, literally, mm. I think he, he makes his first touch about three yards from the from the touchline, from the goal line. So, yeah, it's not a penalty. And if um, I'm convinced if there was VAR, then they would have looked at that and gone, absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, we were fortunate on that front, but we didn't really need to... Once that goal goes in, I don't think we really need to needed to do much to to avoid um, conceding an equaliser. Um, no, or didn't really have to do much to just put the game to bed and make sure we get another one just in case Silkeborg decide to play. Mm. Uh, you know, stronger on the night. It was pretty relaxed throughout. Um, yeah, job done. Job done. Yeah. And it just makes it makes Thursday night another dead rubber. Just hopefully we don't lose this dead rubber like we did last season. No, this is, well, that's true. I mean, it matters to me because I said we'd go through the Conference League campaign unbeaten. So just for, on the strength of uh, being able to say to you, I told you so, uh, just on that strength alone, I'll be delighted if we uh, if we beat FCSB, who haven't got anything to play for either anymore. They, uh, they've only got two points from from their group stage campaign. Um and Alex Silkeborg, quite a big game there. Um, it was like a winner takes all, wasn't it? Between yeah, exactly that, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silkeborg in a slightly better position, so we'll they'll progress with the draw. But um, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a decent game. Uh, yeah, um, there isn't really much to to add on that, Jonesy. Really, is there? I, I thought the the quality has been lower in the Conference League group this season than we saw in the Europa League last year. Um, but all in all, decent job done, uh, as you put it so succinctly just now. Stay with us because we'll have a look ahead to the FCSB game in the Europa Conference League very briefly. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Next. So, Jonesy, uh, this week, no um, opposition view chat for FCSB on Thursday night. As we've already mentioned, it's a bit of a dead rubber uh, for both teams. Well, it's not a bit of a dead rubber. It's a 100% dead rubber for both teams. In this situation, Jonesy, right? So, FCSB, bottom of the league with two points. Uh, They can... I'm not even sure if they can get into... I don't even think they can get third. If they... If they win and um, no, they, uh, I don't don't know how that works. Actually, they can get third because they drew both of their games with Anderlecht. Flipping hell, how bad must Anderlecht be? They draw both of those games uh, with FCSB. So technically, okay, I'll take it all back. Technically, it's not a 100% dead rubber. Well, it is because FCSB, if they win and Anderlecht lose, they'll go level on points with Anderlecht. FCSB's goal difference is currently minus 12, while Anderlecht is minus 1. So if FCSB beat us 6-0 and Anderlecht lose 5-0 to Silkeborg, uh, FCSB can go third and still not qualify. Um, do you think we should just put in a call to UEFA and say, listen, lads, we're through with one the group. FCSB are out. They're almost certainly going to come bottom. Can we just call it a day? Um. It'd be ideal, wouldn't it? But I think for, for in the interest of coefficients and all the rest of it, I think you still have to play the game, which is yeah. which is annoying. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it would make sense just to go. Oh, should we just call it a day? But because um, we could do without one, one mm. we could do with one fewer game to play. But yeah, well, well let's good. be honest. None of the senior teams, senior players, are going to play, are they? Uh, it's going to be the under-23s, effectively, again, just like it was against Rapid Vienna uh, last like season. Zagreb. Zagreb, sorry, sorry, excuse me, Zagreb, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be the youth players. Who is there anyone in particular, Jonesy? You're a bit more um or you're very across the youth teams and stuff than I am. Anyone particularly you're hoping to see or you'd get a run out? You'd imagine Connor Coventry will certainly start. Um anyone yeah. else sort of you, you, you fancy to be in the frame for a game? I think it'd be much like what we saw last season. Um you know, I could see Ashby playing, Connor Coventry will play. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Down still played. I know he's technically a first-team player, but for mm. getting the first-team minutes under his belt would be good. Um, you know, we'll probably see Baptiste um, and the like. So, it'll be very similar to what we saw last year. I know one or two of those last year um, have been have moved on or out on loan. You know, we probably would have seen Ocker Flex, but he's, he's out on loan at Swansea. Um but yeah, I mean, there'll be there will be some first team players in there. Mm. Oh, Lanzini, I imagine will play. Um, Antonio, probably, Antonio probably probably give four hours a run out. Um, yeah. He'll probably play at Agued. Um, he's, he's coming back, isn't he? I, nah, no chance, mate. He, he played. He probably will get some minutes. It's essentially a friendly, isn't it? Um, I suppose. You know, like, he, he played, I was surprised. I was surprised he played against Silkeborg, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I think he'll, he'll play. Um, Ariel will be in goal, obviously. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'll be a mixture. But I think oh, be... does he give Darren Randolph a game? Maybe. I suppose it all depends on Fabianski's injury, doesn't it? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. If Fabianski's injury is going to be out for a while, then 
Ariola's obviously the, the the Premier League keeper, so then you go down. So maybe Randolph does get a rare run out, mm. which would be yeah. nice. But um, but yeah, like it's, it's going to be a mixture, and we'll probably see sort of five or six youngsters. Yeah, well, give us a uh, give us a score prediction, then, James. Away to FCSB. Respect, by the way, to any West Ham fans who are going out there. Yeah, um, to Bucharest for the for this game. This effectively a friendly, as you mentioned. But yeah, score prediction on Thursday night. Um, I'm going to say two uh, 0 Yeah, uh, I think FCSB will get one, so I'm going to go two one. Um, yeah. The, the the deadest of dead rubbers Thursday night. But we've won the group, so and we're through to knock out stage of European competition for the second year running, which is spectacular. Stay with us because we'll have the opposition view ahead of Sunday's Premier League game at home to Crystal Palace with Max Matthews, sports journalist from the Daily Mail, next. So I'm delighted to say joining us once again on the We Are West Ham podcast is big Crystal Palace fan, sports journalist at the Daily Mail and a friend of mine. I don't know which of those is your finest achievement, but it's Max yeah, Matthews. Yeah, in that particular order. Or... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't really want you to tell me uh, which of those means the most to you, Maxie. But it's great to have you on the show again, mate. Uh, looking ahead yeah. to this game on Sunday, West Ham mm. v Crystal Palace. London Stadium in the Premier League. Odd season for both teams so far. Um, I can't really work out whether you're good or or not, really. I, I was sort of quite excited for you at the beginning of the season. Tenth place, nothing to sneer at, really. But it just feels like everyone from ninth, Liverpool in ninth downwards to like Leicester and Wolves, 18th and 19th, are just having quite bad seasons not supersonic disastrous, but I mean, it's so tight in the bottom half at the moment that it feels like a couple of results for anyone uh, could all of a sudden things look bright or to buy likewise a couple of defeats, then it's a bit, ooh. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's, it's obviously very, very congested, you know, from kind of seventh European places downwards. And um, actually, there were, after we got smashed by Everton 3-0 the other week, probably our worst performance of the season, a lot of fans were getting a bit frustrated and, you know, really questioning the the, the lack of replacement for Conor Gallagher uh, this summer, who obviously went back to Chelsea on loan. It looked like he was kind of out of favour under Tuchel, who might get him back. But then, you know, Potter came in and is uh, intent on using him a bit more. And I think we kind of held out till very late in the window, hoping that we might be able to get him on loan. And that didn't transpire. And now we're basically a person short in midfield. And that was kind of pretty ruthlessly exposed by Everton the other week. So there were a lot of kind of frustrations bubbling to the surface. But then, you know, football fans are fickle. We, and then we beat Southampton at home and, you know, we're up to 10th level level with Liverpool. And we're thinking, actually, that's that's not too bad to be to be sitting in the top half after what was maybe the one of the toughest starts in the, in the league. I was looking back at a few of your recent games, Max, as well. You mentioned the uh, victory over Southampton, the defeat at Everton, which are your last two games. Beat Wolves 2-1 before that. 0-0 draw away at Leicester. 2-1 victory at home to Leeds. Um, and you're sort of unfortunate that late Conor Gallagher uh, goal for Chelsea was yeah, always yeah. going to be, I suppose, at your place for them to beat you 2-1. Nil-nil with Newcastle, one all with Brentford. On the whole, it kind of looks like you've done all right. Beat Villa 3-1. It kind of looks like you've done okay in the, in the games that you should. Um, 
you know, there's no, there's no like, I mean, the Everton one smells because obviously they're yeah. that good this season, but they're picking up. It doesn't look like there's any disastrous results in there, mate. No, not really. I mean, Everton was, you know, our, our worst um, performance of the season. And, you know, Everton, who are ultimately pretty average, um, absolutely smashed us on the day and, and completely deserved to win. Basically, we were completely off it. And mm. the previous away game, a nil-nil against Leicester, wasn't brilliant either from a um, from an attacking standpoint. And they, they probably could and should have scored. But otherwise, we have done pretty well. You know, every football fan will say this, but we, we should have got more points um, we conceded a last-minute goal against uh, Chelsea through Gallagher, obviously, against Brentford at home as well. And if we had those three extra points just from those two stoppage-time goals, we'd be up in seventh. And I know every yeah. fan can say, oh, you know, if we'd won that and if we had... Yeah, I've been doing that all season, yeah. Of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think it is going pretty well, considering. And, you know, the additions we made have been good. I think we're still like a right-back and at centre midfield. Um, but if we can get a replacement for Gallagher and Ward, respectively, I think we're in a really good place. Yeah, fair enough. It's it's, it's an odd one. Uh, I it, I can't really figure out either whether Palace fans are happy or just like, meh, yeah, we're okay. Like no one seems mm. ecstatic, but a couple seem a little bit disgruntled. Is there is there a sense that perhaps this season Vieira's had a bit of time to bed in? And perhaps you wanted to see something take hold a bit and, and push on from last campaign? Because I can't really figure out what the mood's like among among Crystal Palace fans. And I only live very close to the ground as well, so I see more than enough of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never more, like like rats, and never more from like two years. <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. Loads of journalism <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, yeah they're... Um, there are like murmurings of kind of discontent, not anything like it was on the Roy where fans were just really frustrated by the end with the, the kind of the dour style of play and the perceived negativity. Um, obviously he, he kind of did a job for us and did what we needed, but this season, you know, last season, a big turnover of players in the summer. And he was obviously a very new manager. He's still quite early into his career, a couple of years at New York, a couple of years at Nice. It was his first year in the Premier League, maybe only his fifth as a kind of senior uh, manager. So, you know, you could excuse maybe some inexperience that he showed, um, but he doesn't maybe have that excuse this season. There are kind of questions about his substitutions. A couple of times we've made kind of odd changes late in games and it seems to have destabilised us and in, in encouraged the opposition to come forward and, you know, they end up um, having a goal. We've kind of been flirting with playing Jordan Ayew and Michael Elise as like a number eight in midfield as the third midfielder in a 4-3-3. And both of them are sort of right wingers and don't exactly fit. Um, but I think generally we're we're pretty happy. We're pretty excited. Obviously, the academies had a twenty million upgrade. That is really really top of the range now. Yeah, they're like unseen things yeah. though. Fans mm. don't really sort of think about all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the Sellers Park is being redeveloped as well. It is likely to have um, to take a couple more years. Still, you know, I don't expect anything for five and years. And a few more, and a few more quid than twenty million to make that look like a respectable Premier League ground. I might hasten to add. Yeah, I remember the days um, back when we were in the Championship, and it wasn't great. It did need improvement, but you know, hopefully, the improvement is coming. And you know, although tenth, twelfth isn't like the the sexiest kind of uh, position to be in mid-table obscurity, but that is pretty good considering you know last season. I think we were thirteenth, fourteenth. I finished below Brighton. I think for the first time in five or six years which was a bit of a, a disappointment for the for the real diehards, obviously. But, you know, I think we're progressing. And as I say, if we make the, the right couple of additions, maybe not January, but next summer, 
we've also got, I think, eight or nine players out of contract. So we could do another kind of mini overhaul like we did um, the summer before last. Mm. And, you know, we get a couple of good, talented young players in there. Um, the caliber of players that we have been signing when we've been signing encourages me that the scouting team is going to do their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a bit funny. Uh, and genuinely not being patronising either. Mm. If you finish 10th at the end of the year, that's sort of, you know, high fives all around, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm not Pretty being much. funny. Where where else, realistically, with Newcastle's yeah. this year as well, West Ham will hope to be taking up that seventh spot in the league. You know, mm. there's like another couple of teams playing decent. There's no reason why you couldn't hope for eighth or ninth. But, but 10th wouldn't be by far a, a sort of disgrace or, or considered negative, would it? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, the style of football is much better. It's much more exciting. We, it feels like we have about that. Yeah. big teams. Um, you know, we um, were 2-0 up on City and maybe should have been 3-0 up if um, uh, Edouard hadn't been kind of penalised for... He was penalised for kicking the ball out of the goalie's hands. And, you know, there's nothing to say City wouldn't have scored four goals in the second half and won 4-3. But, you know, 3-0 is a, is a bit of a different game. Um, and, you know, we we came away with a point from Anfield, could have easily won that as our homicide sitter at the end. So we are quite competitive, even the season opener against Arsenal, who obviously turns out uh, a right up there. It was really close. And at 1-0, we had a very good chance. We had a one-on-one to make it 1-1 and they scored at the end as we were attacking. But, you, you know, we do feel much more competitive in games, whereas sometimes yeah. under Hodgson, it would be the case that you'd know you were going to lose 3-0 and you wouldn't even lay a glove on them. And yeah. um, you're thinking, well, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I feel so you. Now. I feel you. No, and and it feels like that. It feels like you're just a generally more robust sort of team. Who oh. exactly how you said it? Really, it's no point me just dressing that up in different words. Um, but yeah, you don't always look like you know guaranteed easy pushovers for for certain sides, which is uh, good to see. It makes for a better Premier League, that's for sure. So looking ahead then to this game Sunday, Maxi, uh, what's the what's how do you see it playing out, sort of style wise? Um, a lot of it will depend, I think, on if Cheikh Takore is fit because he he was kind of the the headline summer signing, and he is absolutely class. He, he he's um essentially doing the job of two players because we play the four three three with two very kind of advanced um, centre mids, and he's kind of doing the job of two players. Um, you know, the kind of Suchek and Rice job by himself, really. And yeah. we've really missed him the last couple of games. He was suspended for one eye, a light injury um, against Southampton. So if he can come in, that will make a big difference to kind of how positive we are. But if we're still playing, you know, Milivojevic, maybe Will Hughes, I think we'll be a little bit more defensive. We'll probably play Jordan Ayew on the right wing rather than Michael Elise, which will kind of hint at our more, um, our priority being maybe containment rather than really taking the game to you. Um, and I suspect that uh, we we would be happy with a draw, probably. It's going to be one of those where I think we would fancy ourselves to win against West Ham at home because Selhurst Park has been a real fortress this season. I've been to five home games and we won four and drawn one. We should have won the one that we drew. Um, but I think away from home um, and potentially with Decore out as well, I think you know we would generally be happy with the point. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, we've sort of been performing well at the at the London Stadium in recent times, yeah. less so away from home. Uh, so, kind of, there's a good feeling about games at London Stadium. Um, yeah. But again, I was just saying earlier in the podcast to James that 
annoyingly, the position we're in, obviously 13th in the league, and because it is tight, it just feels, all of these games just feel like they've got that extra bit of pressure. I went to Bournemouth yeah. at home uh, Monday night, you know, a 2-0 routine win. Um, but it, it felt pressure. It felt pressurised before. Yeah. Uh, and just sort of, you know, should have got a point at Old Trafford at least, should have got a point at Anfield a couple of weeks before. Yeah. Um, yeah, just sort of a little bit of added pressure on on these games. And I think that's felt among the fan base as well. We were lucky that Bournemouth were just so terrible yeah. uh, last Monday when we played them. I don't think it's going to be the same for you. You're going to be far more dangerous going forward than mm. than Bournemouth were. And I, and I certainly don't think that it's a banker, unfortunately. I'd like to be going into it a little bit more confidently. Um, mm. So what, what sort of, uh, you obviously mentioned there about containment rather than what, what what sort of formation are you, are you playing at the moment uh four three three although in the last game they did change it i think because we played four three three away at everton with just milivojevic back there by himself and we realized that luca cannot do that job by himself like decore can so he, he moved to more of a four two three one against southampton with schlup uh next to milivojevic and then eze was kind of more further forward in a number 10 kind of classic number 10 role and it was more of a Four two three one, and yeah, yeah. You know, we might play that to maybe match up with um, match up with you guys if Decore isn't back. Yeah, fair enough, Maxi. Fair enough. I, I don't even just. I mean, Eze, what a class act he's been. Great signing uh, yeah, from it's... Queens Park Rangers. He's been fantastic. I mean, the Zaha saga continues to rumble on. How. Always. That man still plays for Crystal Palace is beyond <laughs> me. Uh, the there, it, there must be some sort of ratio somewhere. Uh, number of transfer stories written and uh, his ratio of, of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which should from now on be called the Zaha Index. Or yeah. <laughs> something like that. Because, yeah, uh, yeah I sort of expect the same thing this summer, no doubt. As he pulls on his Eagles socks once again for his 19th preseason yeah. at Selhurst <laughs> Park in July. Yeah, fantastic. Well, listen, Maxi, it's been great having you on the podcast yeah. again, uh, as we always do before. At the end of every opposition view, West Ham Crystal Palace, Sunday afternoon at London Stadium. What's your score prediction? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Wow. So, you know what? Maxi, uh, I understand why Palace fans would take that. And I just think the position we're West Ham are in at the moment, we need to get a win, uh, especially ahead of this ahead of this World Cup campaign. So uh, I don't know, in, in hope more than expectation, I'm gonna say we're gonna we're gonna edge it two one. Um and to let the uh listeners behind the curtain a bit here. Um, we're recording this opposition view a bit later in the evening. I did the bulk of the podcast with James Jones earlier on. Uh, including the final thoughts section, in which I gave a score prediction for the game on Sunday, which mm. I've now forgotten. So, <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for those listeners who are wondering why the hell in section one of the podcast, whatever section this is, section three of the podcast, I said mm. it's going to be 2-1 to West Ham. Uh, if I was in a bit of a grimmer mood this morning, I might have said it's going to be nil-nil or, or one or so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you know what? Saying that, as we're saying it, I think James Jones took 2-1 and I went a bit more confident with 3-1. So, uh, yeah, yeah Jonesy, I mean, if you listen to this on the edit, by all means, edit it. So it makes it look like I said 3-1 first. Time. If not, uh, <laughs> I don't mind to say people laughing the score at me. Actually is. Exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it's 2-0 to Palace, we'll all be wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
But listen, Max Matthews, uh, sports journalist from the Daily Mail, big Crystal Palace fan. Maxie, great having you on the show again. Really appreciate your time. Stay with us because you will have those final thoughts from me and Jonesy, uh, which I recorded about 12 hours before uh, this section. Next. (laughs) Well, Jonesy, that's it for another week. Um, A win in Europe, a defeat at Old Trafford. Uh, I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm coming out of this podcast about just under a five out of ten mood on West Ham. Um, however, I it just sort of puts pressure on. If we'd have got a point at Old Trafford, then it takes a little bit of pressure off this Crystal Palace game. But I, I think as it as we saw with the Bournemouth game, which we won two nil, uh, I think. This Crystal Palace game becomes one of those sort of must wins again to keep us on track. Um, if we do manage to get a win, it's likely to thrust us up into that top half again. We'll certainly overtake Crystal Palace, who are 10th, two points ahead of us. If we beat them, uh, I it just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just sort of, it's always a little bit edgy this season. It just feels like we're. Every game seems to matter a lot. We're like one win away from like, oh, phew, we're sort of back where we want to be or whatever. Or one defeat from being like, oh, God, like we're in trouble again. And it just feels like we're not in a groove properly yet. It feels yeah. a bit bitty. Yeah, I think that's as a result of the Premier League, the, the table currently being poised the way it is. Yeah, like, true. You know, it's so tight between what seventh and what relegation zone you know you can win two games and be be in the top eight or you can lose two games and then potentially drop into the bottom three so well, when, when we beat Bournemouth we went 17th to 10th yeah just by, exactly just by winning one game so Le- and it's Leicester still at 18th tough. have got 11 points and then Fulham who are in seventh have got 19 points so yeah. it's like eight points between uh, the 18th place team and seventh. So yeah, yeah. so you, you put a run of results together, and suddenly it's like, oh, actually, the European spot might not be out of the question. Mm. Um, but you lose three games in a row, and suddenly it's like, oh, we're now we're in a relegation battle. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and you know, eventually, it won't be as close. So we need to start putting those results together now while it is still close. So when it does begin to sort of, you know. Uh, distance itself we're on the right end and we're we're a lot closer to to the top half or at least the top top seven or eight than than the relegation zone um so yeah i i i think i think you're right palace is a is a game where you know, we've got to win like thankfully our home form is very good i think we've got six wins in a row mm. at home at the moment in all comps so um you you certainly back us to to get a result on the basis of that but it is once again because of the the, the defeat at Old Trafford. It is a another must-win game, which is weird to say after fourteen games or whatever it is. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Leicester on the twelfth as well, and that will see us through to the World Cup, uh, which is another huge game. Two wins from those two is what we need. We've obviously got uh, Blackburn at home in the League Cup on Wednesday, the 9th of November as well. But the um. Yeah, those two Premier League games, Palace and Leicester at home, they they are ones you chalk down for wins. And the next time we play in the Premier League after that is Arsenal on Boxing Day. But listen, uh, West Ham United, frustrating 
at Ultra. Oh, sorry, Jonesy, actually, before I launch into a, uh, a farewell monologue, um, score prediction, please. Crystal Palace at home on Sunday. 2-1. 2-1 to West Ham. I like it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I fancy, now we're going to come out, it's finally going to start clicking, we're going to bang a few, and it's going to be 3-1 to West Ham on Sunday, London Stadium against Crystal Palace. Uh, West Ham United, 13th in the league, somewhat floundering after that 1-0 defeat away at Manchester United through to the knockout stages. The last 16, in fact, of the Europa Conference League, which is great news. Big, big, big game coming up on Sunday. Not so much Thursday in Romania. Respect to anyone going out there for that. Uh, big atmosphere required at London Stadium to get the boys over the line in that London derby on Sunday. Strange time for the Hammers, but overall positive and hopefully we're trending in the right direction. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. West Ham are massive. Up the Hammers. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.